Welcome to River Life Podcasts. We're a church family embracing the Father's presence, releasing empowered people to declare and demonstrate Christ's kingdom. We trust that God would use what you hear today to bless and grow you so that you would be a blessing to those around you. For more information about River Life Baptist Church, go to riverlifechurch.org.au or find us on social media. Welcome to River Life's Going Deeper podcast. This is a continuing conversation about the deeper Deep things, things of God. God. Oh, in stereo. <laughs> Ooh. My name is Joe Luton. I'm joined by Scott McKinnon, my co-host today. I'm right here. Always my co-host so Often. far. Not Often, always. sometimes. Been one That's that true. Out, there was a time. There was a moment we were fighting, but we got over it because we are interested in building healthy families. <laughs> oh, so we deal with our conflict, don't good. we? Good tangent. You, you almost didn't notice the segue right good there, link, did good you? Good link. Yeah, right onto it. <laughs> today, uh, in our podcast, coming to you from River Life Church in Brisbane, we have been in a series called Building Healthy Families. We're uh, today having part three of this series, which is in fact the second half of a session that Liz Walker. Um, has brought to us. We heard the first half last week. If you haven't heard last week's episode, do not start with today's episode, it but won't jump make, back. It won't make any sense. It won't make any sense. It's the second part of a, of a talk that Liz gave at River Life on our Building Healthy Families weekend. So stop now, go back, listen to last week's episode, and then pick up on this one once you finish that. Exactly right. And so in this episode, uh, Liz is going to explain some of the tools and then at the very end, some resources that we can jump into and explore as we talk about this hypersexualized culture and how we are ought to effectively build healthy families together. And just as always with this series, as we've been going, there's some pretty heavy content in what Liz has to share today. So as you would have heard last week, it's raised some pretty heavy topics. So just be sensitive to who's listening to this and when they listen to it, particularly if you're a parent, it might be worth listening through yourself before sharing it with those younger members of your family. So let's jump in and hear this episode from Liz Walker. Okay, so I'm going to run through um, four talks, foundational talks that will actually really help you um, from the lens of prevent, protect and prepare for sex and porn. We have to start with the end in mind. Do we want our kids to have a great sex life when they get married? Yes. So we have to start with the end in mind. We have to be aware of what culture, what porn culture, what pornography is feeding our kids and then it's like we need to scale back and go, okay, what messages do I need to start way back here so that I'm building within them a resilience to these porn messages? Okay, so we're going to quickly cover private parts, what people do with their private parts, boundaries for private parts and unsafe pictures or movies of private parts. Now, private parts is a really simple way to say all the names of the genitals, right? And we need to. We need to give our kids... Do do we say to our kids, oh, you know, um, that pointy thing on the end of your arm? Do Do we tell them that's a pointy thing on the end of the arm or do we tell them it's an elbow? Okay, we, we don't ignore telling them they have this cute little button nose and they have cute little ears. Why do we ignore or call it a nickname, a foo-foo or a willy? Okay, we have to give our kids correct terminology, all of it. 
one of the things that I'm really, really passionate about is making sure that all young women know they have a vulva. Because most of the time we just say vagina. And it's, that's, that's the whole kit and caboodle is a vagina. Well, actually, all the external is vulva, and we've got labia and, and clitoris, and can we get comfortable with that language? Because what happens when we don't get comfortable with that language? There's a huge shame. You know, when I go into schools and I'm speaking to young people, I say to the boys, how many times do you see your penis every day? That's a weird question, miss, but lots. It's like, well, how many times do you go to the toilet? And when you go to the shower, you see your penis lots. And when it pops up and says hi, okay, you see your penis lots. Say to girls, how many times do you see your vagina in a, or your vulva in a day? So there's a huge shame. I can't name it. I don't, you know, we, we don't talk about it. There's a huge shame in that. We have to break the shame, Okay. So we need to prevent the shame, that's the first thing. Protect against abuse. If a child is touched inappropriately in a court of law, unless they can identify what's actually happened, it's so much harder to convict. Now the last thing that we want to think is that our children are going to end up abused, but unfortunately around one in four girls will by the time they're 18, and that might include our own children. So we have to give them the language to identify. I heard a story by a, a protection, child protection officer once to say that a little boy had gone to school and told his teacher that his stepdad kept on touching his pencil. She didn't give it any thought. And months went by before she realised that this little boy had been taught that his penis was a pencil. And he was trying to disclose, but he didn't have the language around it. So we absolutely must have the language around it. And we need to prepare, prepare a solid foundation for all of the other conversations that we're going to need to have. So this is starting base from a very, very young age. Now, my biggest tip for this, if you're uncomfortable with this language, um, particularly mums are usually the ones that would have this conversation and Alan would challenge all the men in the room to have this conversation too. But get together with your friends and practice saying the words. If you're uncomfortable, practice. Talk with one another. How you, you know, from this point, when you go home, don't just have a, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm freaked out, I need to teach my child everything right now. Unpack it with some girlfriends. Unpack it with some guy friends. Have the conversation. Get comfortable in your own skin first. Breathe deep, everybody. Okay, from a very young age. What people do with their private parts, sex. Eight is too late. Now, I don't want to freak you out if you've got kids over the age of eight, as the gentleman up the back asked the question, but really, kids need a good understanding of what sex is. And if we normalise the body parts bit, the private parts, and call them private parts, because one of the benefits of calling them private parts is they're only for you to touch, okay, unless... A doctor, and even then the doctor needs to ask permission, or if I need to help you in the bath, then I ask permission. But other than that, your private parts are private. They're for you only. Okay? But then that gives us a good foundation for talking about what people do with the private parts. So when you have a six-year-old say, 
how do babies get made? Well, they're already familiar with the word penis. They're already familiar with, the, with vagina and vulva and mums and dads. And, you know, so in a loving situation, we can have that conversation about what people do with their private parts. So we prevent the mystery. Because if there's mystery, they're going to go looking. Often kids at school will say, um, they, they'll use the word sexed as in S-E-X-E-D, not sexed as in sexting image. But they use the word, somebody got sexed. And they'll, some other kid will go, oh, what's sexed? And they'll type it into Google, and as our friend Rob said, they're going to not find some very savoury things. So we want to protect, prevent the mystery. We want to protect against vulnerability. You know, we think, and it's been prevalent for many, many years. I just want to keep them innocent for as long as possible. And in actual fact, what we're doing is creating huge vulnerabilities, massive vulnerabilities in a porn culture. Prepare trusted information. They need to know that you are the go-to. What we want to prevent prepare this foundation for is so that when they see porn, they go, that's rubbish. I know that's not what's supposed to happen. I know that's not what I want for me. We want them to, to, to lay a foundation so that they, are, they know that you are the trusted source of information, that they can ask you anything, that nothing's uncomfortable, even if it is. So if they come to you and they ask you a question, it's like, that's a really good question. Do you mind if we set aside a time to talk about that? And then you go, okay, quick, freak out, phone a friend, I don't know what I'm going to say. And then have the conversation when you've prepared yourself a little bit more. There's always an opportunity to have that conversation. Boundaries for private parts. We want to prevent non-consensual behaviours. It's interesting that Alan picked up the word consent, but it's really, 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 really important that children know that their parts are their own parts. We've seen an almost a 20-fold increase in child-on-child -child sexually abusive behaviours. We need to have, make sure that our kids know their boundaries and to say, no, you may not touch my private parts. No, you may not touch my penis. No, you may not touch my vulva. No. Giving them the language and the confidence around this so that we can prevent non-consensual behaviours. We need to protect against sexual abuse. And we need to prepare them for positive expectations. Even in our kids' lives, we can expect them to know that when, when the time is right, when you're much older and somebody touches your private parts, it needs to be in a space that is loving and affectionate and gentle and ideally when you're married. And so if we're talking to them about their boundaries from a very young age, then they're going to have some language to maintain that. And then we talk about unsafe pictures or movies of private parts. Okay, giving them a language to prevent trauma and secrecy. If they understand private parts or the genital names, if they understand what people do with their private parts in a loving context, and they understand that they're going to stick, they will see stuff online at some point. If they understand they're going to see it, 
then, they, then we give them a language around what to do when they sit, which is why I'm writing children's books, which is why I've just launched the Porn Resilient Kids website, which you must, must, must go and see because everything, not everything that I talk about today is on there, but all the tools and resources are on that website um, for you to, to access. We protect against unhealthy scripts and addiction. You know, our kids will develop a story. We all have a story about sex. We've all developed an understanding about sex, right or wrong, we have one. It's called a sexual script. We want them to develop a healthy sexual script. And then we need to prepare them for critical thinking. We need to give them tools and language around understanding why this is so problematic. Pornography is not just something that somebody does privately in their own home, which is what advocates of pornography will tell you, that it's, it's a personal decision, it's private, it's not private. It's as, about as public as you can possibly get. And the people that are harmed in the production of pornography is driving a demand for human trafficking. You know, if, if you have Destiny Rescue come and visit or any, another, any of the other human trafficking organisations, we can talk about slavery, we can talk about how unjust it is and we can start to give our kids around a language as they grow up around, you know, pornography fuels human trafficking and slavery. It fuels the degradation and devaluing of humanity. We can use that type of language so that our kids grow up with it not only just like not wanting to look but an absolute hatred of pornography. That's what we want. Okay, so some protective behaviours, a couple of rules that's really important to teach our kids. We all have the right to feel safe all the time. Okay, so teaching our kids about their feelings and, and checking in with them when they're not feeling safe or helping them identify their early warning signs. If you go to um, Wet n' Wild or Dream World or any other place where your kid is feeling like a little bit scary, that's a calculated risk. That's risking on purpose. That can be fun. But what about when you've got those scary feelings? Is that your body telling you that something's not quite right and you need to check in with a safe adult? So we start to give them language around that. We can talk with someone about anything, no matter what it is, even if, if it feels awful or small. It's really important to help our kids identify a safety network, usually five other sources other than yourself where they can check in. And it's great in a church community. You have so many people that you can rely on to be that other person, that safety person, so that if your kid isn't feeling safe or a bit unsure about how mum or dad is going to react, then they've got an auntie or an uncle, regardless of whether they're a real auntie or an uncle or not, but to check in with and to be that safe person. Okay, so some proactive and protective tools. So the first one is Parents Program. Okay, this is the Culture Reframe Parents Program um, that uh, we've developed. It is absolutely amazing. I really encourage you to have a look at it. And if you go to the Porn Resilient Kids website, you will find a resources page. And all of these resources that I'm about to show you are on that resources page on the Porn Resilient Kids website. So you don't need to go anywhere else other than there and click through to everything else, which is just awesome. 
Now, a couple of things here. Program for parents of tweens, that's available now. Now, in that, there's a lot of... Um, knowing that so many parents don't lay these foundational conversations, what we've done in, in the Parents of Tweens program was said, well, if you've missed this conversation, go back and have it now. So tweens is that age bracket between 9 and 12. So some great tools in there that you'll be able to use um, for your younger children, including diagrams to help label their private parts and all of that. So check that out and, and be thinking ahead of, if you've got little ones, be thinking ahead of that information that you need to lay down as a foundation. Compose yourself model I'm going to go through just quickly and the social media and mobile phone contract. If you're giving a kid one of these, you have to have had a talk about porn. Period. Regardless of the filters. And if they go to school and they're living and breathing, you have to have a talk about porn. Because if you've put a filter on your kid's phone, then uh, you can be guaranteed that little Johnny next door, his parents aren't going to be as diligent and probably show your kid porn at school or on the school bus or any other number of places. So talk, talk, talk. And if your kid has, a social, um, has access to social media or gaming or a mobile phone, you absolutely need to have some sort of agreement as to how you're going to manage that. Um, so the Compose Yourself model, a model for helping parents respond in an appropriate and thoughtful way when they discover their young person has viewed pornography, is adaptable to all ages. Okay, so I'll just quickly run through these points. C is for calm. Stay calm, don't freak out when you find out that your kid has seen porn. I is, uh, oh, sorry, O is for ownership. Take control, stay engaged and clarify details. Find out if anyone else was involved and assess the risks. M is for mood. Explore how this has impacted your child. Let them know that their feelings are a normal reaction rather than anything to be ashamed about which is Hamish and the Shadow Secret is a fantastic book to unpack that. P is for parent. Be the type of parent your child can feel both supported by and safe with. This will provide a comfortable space for your child to ask questions. O is for override. The porn industry has created this situation and together you can now override its power with positive actions and empathetic learning, listening. S is for strategy. Keep a cool head and work on a long-term plan rather than panicking or acting in the moment. Seek professional help if needed. I can't emphasise that enough. You do not have to do this alone. Okay? Seek professional help if needed. E is for evaluate. Check in with your child regularly. Help them to develop the skills they will need to make healthy decisions and be clear that you will parent and partner with them. Now, in the next phase rollout of the Parents Program for Cultural Reframe, we have a whole developing a strategy uh, section. If your kid is struggling with the impact of pornography, you need to find a clinician, all those sorts of things that will be available in January. Social media and mobile phone contract, an absolute essential must. You can download it in a word format, modify it for your family, and it provides the teaching and tools behind why you need a mobile phone contract. Filtering, absolutely essential in every home. There's a couple of examples there. The links are on the Porn Resilient Kids website on the resources page. Uh, please avail yourself to a filter. I'm not saying that these, well, I have been, I'm not a tech expert. I have repeatedly been recommended these sites. I haven't tried them myself, full disclosure. This is really important that you work out what's right for your family and do the research yourself. Okay, books and videos. 
On that resources page, we not only have links to my books, but other children's books that have been written on this. Um, so some of the simple rules that you can teach through the Not For Kids book is I can look away, I can tell someone and I can train my brain. Those messages are in that book. Really simple rules for kids to grab onto. Um, in the Hamish and the Shadow Secret, I can name the Shadow Secret, I can tell someone and I can practice being on guard. Okay, and then there's some other children's books there and, and other kids' videos as well um, for you to watch with your kids because sometimes we just need that extra tool to make the conversation a little less awkward. Okay, the eSafety Office is an invaluable resource. Um, we're working with the eSafety Office with our work with eChildhood uh, to see their powers extended by changing the legislation so that we can start to clamp down on uh, the impact of pornography. But they have avenues for reporting cyberbullying, reporting image-based abuse, which is basically sexting or somebody sending an image online without consent. Um, and by the way, sexual images of kids under the age of 18 is illegal. Um, it's complicated, it's messy, we need to be talking to our kids, even younger kids. Now, unfortunately, we've got even younger kids, six, seven, eight years old, with devices in their rooms, taking photos of themselves or videos and uploading them online. Very uncomfortable to make us think about that, but we absolutely need to have that conversation about why we don't take private pictures of ourselves, which is why it's so important that we give them the language around private body parts. Can we, can we see how that's a foundation that we can build upon or refer back to time and time again? Okay, um, and then, yeah, they, they have an aim to promote and encourage safe and positive online behaviour and support all Australians. So, um, Porn Resilient Kids is the website that you really need. Um, it's, I'm, I'm so, it launched last week. I'm so stoked about it for parents everywhere. Um, it launched in conjunction with the Hamish and the Shadow Secret book. So it's a brilliant resource, if I do say so myself. Um, Culture Reframe Parents Program, you'll want to grab that. And eChildhood, if you want to see things change in Australia, please follow us, get behind us, support us financially or on Facebook, share the message. Please do that. Thank you so much. That was Liz Walker talking to River Life parents, uh, but really applicable for so many people and so yeah, most important to yeah. actually address these topics um, on our Building Healthy Families weekend. And that has been part of why we've done it yep. um, because we realise that this is not just relevant for youth. It's not just uh, an issue for young people, but it's actually prevalent across a lot of different areas of life. Yeah, and so that's why we're doing it together mm. and we want to build healthy families together. Yeah, and it, in fact, it doesn't matter whether it directly impacts you and you have a, an issue that you're working through, but if there's someone in your family, you can have massive impacts across a whole family. And all of us are connected together into this family that we call River Life here, and, and maybe where you are, if you have an expression of church, you're connected in there, and it can really help um, bring things out into the open in a place where we can remove shame, where we can remove fear, and we can actually 
together with God's love actually help to restore yep. one another into healthy relationship. So again, uh, some some heavy content was talked about this episode. So if you do need help with any of these areas, feel free to contact River Life Church at church at riverlifechurch.org.au or get in contact with a leader, a mentor, a life group leader, one of your ministry leaders. Uh, we'd love to help out in, in any of these areas that have been touched today. That's awesome. And big thanks to Liz Walker and her team of people and all the content that she has produced. It's such a blessing to have people with such uh, quality and such experience come and help speak into the culture here. And I trust that wherever you're listening around the world that this has helped you. And as Scott said, reach out to someone nearby you who knows you and cares about you that can help you walk through anything that's come up from today's episode. We will continue our Building Healthy Family series next week in our next episode That's with right. Dr. Alan Meyer, who yeah. we had a few weeks back. We will be bringing you a session that he presented to a whole bunch of our leaders here at the church. And it's very helpful in framing up how we understand our relationships in the light of who God has revealed himself to be for us. So make sure you come back next week as we finish this series. Thanks for listening to this River Life podcast. Make sure you subscribe to keep up to date with all the latest content. If this podcast has raised any questions for you, contact us via church at riverlifechurch.org.au or through Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening.